Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 207. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me today in um, different places, I keep doing that, I keep forgetting we're not in the same space. Anyway, it's the Boys Room Community Notice Board. Hey! hey. Hello! Uh, featuring Jamie Kirk. That's me. Drew Bensley. Hello. And Alex White. Howdy. And yes, of course, this is a Simpsons Index, the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but the twist is each episode must come from a different decade. Now, Jamie, long-time listeners probably uh, remember you from your previous appearance with uh, Rosie and Andrew from We'll Just Tell Your Mother We Ate It All. My very well-received episode, <laughs> I, I assume. It brought in so many five stars and positive comments. <laughs> From your all, poorly all received th- podcast. Yeah, all three of the We'll Just Tell Your Mother We Ate It All listeners <laughs> migrated over, I assume. <laughs> Me included. Uh, but uh, who's this new crew you're running with? Uh, these are just these are the best boys in the world. Yeah, these are, I mean, if you thought Andrew Hastings was good, well, I don't know what to tell you. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, these are these are two of my best friends, two stand-up comedians as well, and we have a little podcast called Community Notice Board where we interview people about suburbs they grew up in. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. It was easily my favourite new podcast of last year. And um, yeah, you guys have had some amazing guests on. Can't speak highly of you guys enough. But yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Now, Jamie, you've already asked some of the first time questions. But yeah, turning it to Drew and Alex, we like to ask our new guests, what's your Simpsons history? Where did the show begin with you? Probably broadly the same answer. We're like, we're just the exact right age. So I got to catch it, like, would have been like six when it started or five and then watch just because it was a cartoon and your kids like cartoons. And then as they play them on repeat and you're 10, you get a few more jokes and then a little bit older, you get more jokes. So it was like mm. literally the perfect age to watch, like watch it as I grew up and then just get something new from it every time. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just saying, we had uh, me and my brother, brother's two years younger than me and we had Fox when uh, we were kids and it would be on Simpsons Saturday and Sunday from like 8 a.m. to 12 o'clock. Like, so there'd be four hours every, like twice a week. Mm. And, we, and it used to infuriate my parents because my mum didn't watch it, but she could, she'd seen the episode so many, because we'd seen the episode eight times. <laughs> and she's like, I've seen the monorail one. You have seen the monorail one. What are you <laughs> watching this shit for? And she got so mad at us for just, we probably watch yeah 10 12 hours a week but it was just like this reliable show you could always put on and just so i think one of those shows that just shapes your sense of humor so then even to this day and my girlfriend grew up not watching it a lot but i'll just make so many references to the simpsons and she's looking at me like i'm speaking some other language it's just very like the funniest man alive (laughs) no because i'm referring i'm you know i'm referencing like the nuclear power plant or something like she has she's like what are you talking about so it it is sort of ingrained yeah 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 exactly it's sort of ingrained in in your formation i wonder and that's i guess drew's point i wonder if someone growing up sort of 10 years earlier or 10 years later would it be the same thing but Definitely, like, I've probably watched just hundreds of hours over the years of the of, of Simpsons. But interestingly, not the sort of latter two seasons, so the latter two decades of it, I guess. So this is, uh, you know, a bit refreshing, I suppose. Mm. Well, well, that's the other question we ask. Uh, where did you drop off from the show? Do you remember if there was an mm. episode that rubbed you the wrong way? Or are you still watching it? 
Are you insane like me? <laughs> um, I definitely dropped off. I can't. I'll have to think that there, there was definitely a couple of episodes where I was like, "What is this?" It's not that the you know. I think people like Simpson hardcore nerds get upset about like uh, you know the Armand Tanzier and one. It's like, but I think they're funny. I was never like. Hmm. It was just. I think there was a new. One, there was a new one that had like Blink One Eight Two as a cameo or something, yes. or it had Tony Hawk as a cameo or something. Had both. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay. There <laughs> we go. So three hundred, baby. Well, it, it may not have been chronologically like I got up to that and dropped off, but I, just whenever that came on one time, I saw that and just saw this is dog shit. Like <laughs> this, what the fuck? And I just I hated that was my pet peeve for Simpsons was just the the random cameo that made no sense. And and so I'm sure that started happening in, around like season 15 or 16 or something. Yeah, but, yeah, somewhere around know. there. I remember. I think yeah. I I remember that one for sure. I remember the one where they went to Japan. I started. Mm being like i don't think yeah. i like this anymore but i think at the time a lot of the newer ones i lo- like i was laughing at and then having gone back and watched some of them now i'm like i don't these are shit like they just yeah. they, they don't hold up <laughs> but um i definitely had that japan that overseas era i think the newest one that i actually like is the one where homer gets medicinal marijuana Mm. And maybe because that was like a big deal that were like advertised, like it's going to be on at 9 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. Or, you know, <laughs> it was like this whole adults only. Yeah, they did a brief like Simpsons up late run where they did like that in the episode where Marge and Homer were getting yeah. freaky in public and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Remember yeah. That. Oh, cool. So, yeah, uh, neither of you kept up with the show then. And so, oh. yeah, thank you for uh, letting me subject you to what they're pumping out these days. Like <laughs> this episode. Uh, we just watched season 32, episode 6, Podcast News. First released in November of 2020, it was directed by Matthew Fornan and written by David X. Cohen. And this was his first Simpsons writing credit since... Uh, uh, 1998 before he left for Futurama um, yeah in this episode Marge and Lisa get addicted to true crime podcasts and it turns out Abe Simpson is the subject of one of them and called Guilty Grandpa hey guys what do we think I honestly I like it. I, what's that I liked it I also liked I, it I thought it was better than like my again I'm not saying my pet peeve about New Simpsons is weird cameos and just like current event like they try to be south park where it's like what's happening right now let's now write for that instead of just having a funny story and so reading like when i was like this is about podcasts i was like this will suck but it actually was they had some funny-ish jokes in it and Mm. i didn't mind the actual uh story and i didn't mind it there was definitely some like real corniness and i think the fucking stellan sarsgaard cameo and all that that Mm. gets me real (laughs) i hate stuff like that just like why just don't demean yourself to you know to have one throwaway shitty line but other than that i thought it was there were some funny moments i don't know if anyone's articulated this better than i'm about to but there's something so unsettling (laughs) simpsons is dumb about the simpsons (laughs) having modern technology like mm. I, because mm. I think of it as like this timeless show, this classic show. But obviously, it's always been very modern, cutting edge. So like in 1994, <laughs> like they were having jokes about like the Apple Newton and stuff. Where like if that happened today, I'd be like, ugh, they're doing a joke about like a Microsoft Zune, lame. So mm. like it's a weird thing where like I know I'm wrong, but like seeing them with an iPhone and seeing their TV as a flat screen, I'm like, huh, that's not what The Simpsons is. But then like there's no reason it shouldn't be. Yeah, you know? it just feel, it feels like placement. Was, like I think if they had, if Bart, if a new episode Bart had a Dreamcast, it wouldn't 
I wouldn't be jarred because I'd be like, oh, they're just, you know, it'd still sort of be a time capsule thing. Yeah. But I think, mm-hmm. like, because it's sort of, oh, what, like, whether it's product placement or whether it's just, we can't think of anything to make a joke about. Let's just, what's in the, what's the newest thing? But yeah, that, yeah, I think, yeah. is that, that's the problem with it. And whatever, you're right, there's no real re- Like I said, South Park would do like, that. And no one's going to criticize the, them for it. The difference with that is, like, in the old ones, yeah, they do have technology, but it's never, the central part of the story like mm. the stories yes. are always timeless stories it's not about podcasts in the way that this is and i really thought i was gonna hate it especially and like the opening joke with homer having the 2 a.m ham or whatever i was like i almost turned it off and called in sick for this pod <laughs> I, like, I, can't, I can't stand this but then there was like a couple of funny jokes in a row and i think by the end, I was like, I think from my memory of mid-season 13 on, this was like objectively, I think, funnier. Like the jokes were better. Yeah, I, I think it might have something to do with David X. Cohen being behind the wheel on this one because especially, you know, talking about The Simpsons uh, with more modern technology or whatever, it often feels like they're just sort of presenting the thing and just saying, here's the thing without like having anything really meaningful to say on it. Like there's yeah. a couple of episodes mm. that have like Nintendo Wii's and um, shit like that. But yeah, this one I felt like, yeah, they understood the appeal of podcasts, especially these true crime ones, and like knew why people loved them so much, but also, yeah, um, some of the badder parts about them. And so I think they were able to develop some pretty okay material out of it. Yeah, Uh, they nailed the voice of the podcast chick. Like, yeah, that got me good. I think having Kent Brockman losing his, like, being challenged by it was good because it was like, a bit of a throwback to, like it wasn't some new guy who you know yeah you know what i mean like it wasn't some new character they throw in just to drive the story for that at least it was that was interesting you know because i, I always think that the my limited uh, sort of experience with the newer simpsons is they don't they're not driven by like the characters we like because they're, mm. they're sort of worn out you know it's like moe's throwing a joke in but there's not a lot of you know what i mean i mm. I, I feel like that it's just the simpsons plus other stuff so that was good i thought at least to sort of make an interesting storyline in the same context but um yeah 2 a.m ham was i was just whatever episode one of you guys will know where homer's eating uh cheese at midnight yeah yeah, yeah. 64 slices of american cheese yeah, yeah. and it's just Classic like is this gag. what is this a throwback is it do they have they forgotten this joke <laughs> and the other thing it was it was very similar to homer badman in a way like the almost like an updated not similar, but there was definitely some like yeah. we didn't do it throwing bricks through the window, everyone outside, mm. which I, I get. That's that old trope about. I mean, every every Simpsons. There's so many episodes. Like, how could they not revisit some some sort of similar uh, lines? But that was something else that caught my. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, uh, we like to yeah just sort of ask some questions about the episode on the podcast. Uh, first of all, the wackiness. Do you think this was a particularly like wacky episode of The Simpsons? How'd they use like the cartoon space? I don't think it was overly wacky. No. I mean, in terms of, like, The Simpsons being bad at satire being the kind of prevalent thing for newer ones, I thought they kind of nailed true crime podcasts and the tone of them. Yeah. The annoying instrumentation, the vocal <laughs> fry. I thought, like, Chrissy Nangle is a very funny improv comic actress, and so I really like what she did with the voice of this. And, like, in terms of annoying voice cameos like the Stellan Skarsgård thing did feel kind of like 
All right, we got a celebrity in here. We're shoehorning it in when yeah. they had a perfectly good person playing that uh, the podcast host and didn't make a big deal about it. And I thought that I thought she was fantastic in that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it was wacky. I don't remember any any. I think it was wacky physical. as it got was probably the two AM ham and mm. Marge the brick going through Marge's hair, which bugged me a little bit. I don't know why. Yeah, left the brick size hole. Oh, I tell you mm. what, I did like about the brick though the ender. <laughs> and it landed yeah, on its end, fine. and then he's like, "We got an ender," and everyone was stoked about it. Yeah, <laughs> something good like, about a mob turning their anger into, "Oh, nice." That <laughs> also, to me, just seems like such a writer's room, like a guy flipping a water bottle and trying to get it, and everyone being like, <laughs> "Yes," and then be like, "Oh, this is pretty relatable. Let's put it in." Yeah. And I think it was. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the most wackiest bit for me was fucking having Yardley Smith as a guest voice actor in oh, this episode. Yeah. yeah, that was my least favorite part of this. Yeah, that was, and she because she plugged her own pod, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know what. It, yeah, there's some. I'm not, I don't know why that's wrong, but it just seems weird. Mm, mm. Well, it was the delivery as well. You might know me from my podcast, Small oh, Town yeah. Dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the reference to her being on The Simpsons was kind of too cute by half as well. Mm. Like, yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, maybe a slightly better joke than just, like, a look off to the camera. Yeah. yeah. I think if Lisa, uh, Lisa had referenced the podcast and made some sly, you know, tongue-in-cheek, like, inside joke, that would have been less annoying, you know? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you know the pod, then, oh, it's her who does yeah. the thing or whatever. Um, but it's like the how they handled you... the critic, you know? That was like yeah. a different yeah. show, but they did it in a cleverer way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and her just... just walking up and like, hey, can't like that. Yeah. That was stupid. a bit stupid. I guess, like, the, the B plot is kind of wacky, right? Like, it is Grandpa Simpson getting accused of murder, and then the turn is that she was going to fake her own death, and as she was leaping off, he couldn't hear the rest of the instructions. Yeah. But, like, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How many fucking people has Abe fucked over the years? Seriously. He's, like, had <laughs> 18 several girlfriends than anyone. He's, how old is he? It's like so many episodes. He's hung that bolo tie on the doorknob a few times. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, Man, you know, Elliot, and the ones that we've missed, has he scored any more deems? Like, has oh. he had other girlfriends in between seasons 12 and 32? <laughs> oh, several. Uh, he was dating a jazz singer as well at some point and uh, almost <laughs> went to Europe to marry her and everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they just never run out of ideas for this show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of, like, even though it does smack of... Ah, we're doing an Abe thing again. It does kind of track character-wise with the the Abe Simpson that's always been around as kind of a dirty dog, you know? Mm. Like, he always has been portrayed as that with in regards to, like, Homer's mom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like yeah. that how they can incorporate those elements of his character into the, you know, interviews and the accusing and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, these people can actually build a case that this dude is not good. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But leading into the heart of the episode, you know, uh, Grandpa's been accused, Marge and Lisa, and everyone's trying to uh, profess his innocence. What do you reckon? It like it worked, and it pro- and it stood out again. I think in comparison to why I sort of hated some of the newer episodes, it actually had a bit of heart. Mm. I didn't love the resolution to that story. That it was just like yeah. Grandpa taking her on a word, and then nothing. Like you know, yeah, <laughs> the whole senile outro into that just kind of felt like a bit of a cop-out to me. Mm. 
But I, I thought it was good because at the start I was like, oh, this is an A plot, B plot thing, which I didn't, you know, it's never really funny. It's just like we got to fill another eight minutes. But then when it was actually the same storyline, I thought, oh, okay, this is, you know, yeah. good, I guess. It, it's a, to me, it, when it came together a little bit, it was, it was a bit more uh, rewarding than just having a, a screwing around again, you know. Yeah. So, um but heart, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. So hold on, when you say heart, do you just mean the, you know the, the the heart of the 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 core of the story, or you mean actually? The... Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I should have probably set that up better. That on the Simpsons Index, yeah, we usually explore the wackiness and the heart as sort of the things that people really like about the Simpsons that they right. can sort of strike this balance between uh, the two and. Yeah, so when we talk about um, heart, we talk about the emotional core, resonance of the story and character interplay and all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I, th I think so. I mean, it was pretty lighthearted. I don't think it was um, it was too deep, but it certainly wasn't sort of, I mean, missing anything like that. Mm. Yeah, I think that the grandpa stuff was played for laughs as much as it needed to be. Like, it wasn't yeah. particularly uh, full of emotion that they were worried that he was going to get put away, but it also wasn't callous in a way where they were like, oh, who gives a fuck? Like, just throw mm. him to the wolves. Like, they did care. There were stakes. This. Well, interestingly enough as well, like, I didn't realize, like, it took about almost three and a half minutes until Bart was in, like, any family stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I, I remember watching it just being like, oh, when's Bart going to show up? I know he's obviously <laughs> not the... You know, you're, you're a six-year-old boy in 1994. Yeah, exactly. I still call it Bart Simpson. Um, <laughs> Is he going to do the Bart man in this episode? Yeah. But it was in, I just thought it was interesting that, like, the whole family was there and at no point was Bart there until, like, kind of a throwaway joke. And he's, like, very light in the episode, too. Yeah. And when he's not there, everybody should be asking, where's Bart? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally the episodes are, like, the funny ones are with... Bart and Homer, and then the you know Lisa and Marge are relegated to sort of just secondary characters. But I guess that was sort of different that they were driving it mm. from a Simpsons mm. point of view. And the, the the one thing that did sort of bother me with the heart is that, and I think it's like a perpetual criticism of New Simpsons is how two D Homer is, and at no point. You know, Lisa and Marge are showing some concern for Grandpa, and Homer's just like, "Yeah, I, I've been saying he's a murderer this whole time." Just like he's just. He's always been mm. goofy, but he's just two-dimensional now. He's got, like, one note. Yeah. Well, then they started making him so dumb, and then he just became dumb, and then it was just like, well, this is what's funny now is, is Homer is just an idiot and as yeah. cartoonish as can be instead of everyone else. Well, yeah, talking before about bringing Kent Brockman into the story, like, so often the Simpsons B and C tier characters are just, like, there to, like do their sketch, do their line, you know, very sort of Little Britain and, you know, say the line, but, but mm. yeah, it's good that they were able to use their um, C-tier character in, yeah, a meaningful way. And, yeah, going on from that, we also like to ask, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Is this vaguely the show we know and love? I think broadly, again, I went into this thinking season 32, I can't believe, this is going to be so bad. So, so my reaction was that it was a lot closer. Like, if you if you just showed me that episode without the context of the podcast being a newer thing and said, place it, I would be like, oh, that might be season, like, 17. Like, just on the edge of when it started to fade. I would never have expected it would be so recent. So I felt that it was a lot more close to what I, what, you know, familiar than mm -hmm. normal. But maybe that was just, like I said, because I was expecting it to be just a completely different show altogether. Yeah. It was just uncanny valley for me. Like, I recognize all the characters, but it just 
doesn't feel like The Simpsons to me, and I don't you know what's think really I can weird? get over that. It's just like just the fact that it's like slightly high def uh, yeah, animation. Yeah, it it just throws you it. off, and uh, it's such a weird thing. And the other thing that really threw me off was Marge's voice, so gravelly. Yeah. I don't know if she just has the actress has just smoked chain smoked for the last twenty years, and it's slowly chipping away. But it's it's so much, and I'm like, is did the I googled? I'm like, did the Marge actress die and they replaced her with someone else? Because <laughs> it's just so jarring. But it's probably if you if you just watched it consecutively, you probably wouldn't be so put off. Mm. No, that's it. And yeah, it's just like Julie Kavner's in her seventies now, and yeah, you do got to wonder at least listening to these recent episodes, like how much mm. more she's got in her before yeah, either her, she or her voice gives out. Well, that'll be the next step is Abel date her and she'll come on as a yeah. cameo as herself. Abel <laughs> <laughs> <And> fuck. <laughs> but, I mean, just on that briefly, uh, playing Dr. Hibbert in this episode was not Harry Shearer. This is after, yeah, they replaced all the white actors playing black characters. And, yeah, so this mm. was played by Alex Dessert. Uh, he was the blind guy in Becca. Oh, oh, right. Jake. Right. Yeah, yeah. So now he's well, I voicing... Didn't notice. I didn't notice a change, yeah. Yeah. Not at all, I thought, really. it, was, I thought it was good. Is he yeah. doing? Is he attempting to do a Hibbert? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, him doing Hibbert, and he's also playing Carl in a couple of other roles in the show now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. yes or no? Do you think you guys would watch this episode again? If it was oh, on, yeah, I probably wouldn't. But I, if David X Cohen wrote another one that came out, I would watch that. I would go, okay, you know, if I, I'd feel like I wouldn't be put off. I certainly that's wasn't not tarnished his reputation in any way. I would yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, and it maybe just proves, like, I the ultimate debate is all, for me is like, does The Simpsons just this thing that like you can't write for anymore because it's just run out, like just the characters and whatever you need it to make The Simpsons is done, or are they just the writers bad now versus what we used to be, you know? And mm. maybe like getting an old writer. And making a good episode sort of might lean it one way or the other, but that that was definitely interesting. So yeah, I'm not. It's not like I would turn it off if it came on, but um, yeah, it was it was a pretty good surprise. If you're finding yourself in the situation where you're in the midst of a Fox Simpsons marathon, yes, and it came <laughs> on, you're not switching to Fox Two and trying to catch yeah the end <laughs> of another one. You know? I have no qualms napping to it either. <laughs> that, that's a good watch a good a good nap episode yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um so yeah we uh like to try see uh what we can do to improve this one as well so drew we'll start with you what would you like to change about this episode it's it's literally the same thing i want to change about all simpsons that isn't the simpsons i like like more I'm, going, I'm ripping the guts out of it <laughs> um i want more i want like the team from King of the Hill to try their hand at show running The Simpsons, you know, okay. like put like put st the story first and foremost and the heart back into it and then like try and get those gags that come organically from the story. Absolutely. So, just a small ask on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it King of the Hill. <laughs> I want to see King of the Hill attempt The Simpsons in much in the same way that the guy from Becker is attempting Hibbert. The skin's too yellow. Can we make it more uh, Hank Hill pinkish hue? Would be... They need another finger. Yeah, um, yeah. I, don't like, I don't like nuclear energy. I want propane gas. <laughs> I want a handsome new character called Drew Bensley, and he's seven foot tall. Surrounded by beautiful women. Uh, James, what would you like to change about this episode? I mean, I don't know if I'd change much. I thought I was like looking at some of the podcast sign gags and like... There were a few of them where I thought, like, okay, but 
it felt like maybe they would have put a bit more effort into them in the olden days. I know like a lot of them are takes on like very stupid true crime podcast names already, but a lot of them were just kind of wrote. I mean, like I don't think I'd change much about the main plot just because I think it was quite well done for how sh- little time they have in these episodes now. They're only like 18, 19 minutes now. Mm. And it zipped along quite well and everything got resolved. Maybe, yeah, I guess like the thing is, I wish it was maybe like 10 to 20% funnier. Like, <laughs> if, if that's what I changed. Like, if there was Not a joke. 30% funnier, because that would. I mean, like, I think if you made that 20% funnier, like, you'd have no problem stacking that in like a season eight, seven, eight, nine, like, context. Mm. Like, if there were just a couple more jokes. Like, there was yeah. some good stuff in there, but. Sometimes it felt like a little few and far between. Yeah. It was like, I agree. There was a couple of like the podcast ad and it was like shampoo something, yeah. some shampoo yeah. drones. And it's like that, that they could have really done a funny joke. Now I'm not going to come up with one that's funny here. <laughs> right? like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be shampoo drone. But, uh, <laughs> but I feel like that was like, you know, hey, that's an opportunity to do that sort of throwaway joke thing that like... It's it's almost like a free kick, right? Like you, yeah. you, you ads on podcasts. They're not they're not forcing anything to make a joke that's a silly thing about that. But then they just miss that altogether. Which I think like if I was going to expect something to be funny in a newer Simpsons, it would be that sort of joke, right? But the actual like, yeah. So for me, like I think like Jamie's right. Maybe like just punch it up a little maybe, bit. Maybe maybe that's what I meant in regards to like the podcast and the uh, the names and the sight gags, like. It seems like oddly for The Simpsons and especially for someone like David X. Cohen, it seems oddly like lacking in specificity Mm. where like, you know, considering maybe almost every person who listens to podcasts knows like the four products that get advertised on podcasts like boner pills, you know. Mattresses. Yeah, mattresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sex toys and fucking coffee. Mm. Like, the shampoo thing is like, all right, well, that's, you know. But just need not... punching up. It's like fill it in, shampoo dry, and then just go around and come up with the funniest thing. There's no weight yeah. on it. It feels it like matter. maybe the script said, like, come up with some funny podcast stuff, and they maybe didn't. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for me that I agree, and then. Get rid of the weird cameo. I hate that. Yeah, but, get rid but, of the weird cameo for sure. And yeah. um, the ending was a bit, like you say, it was a bit, it didn't have to be, it doesn't have to fucking make sense, but it's got to be funny at least. Or just, you know, you can't just be like, oh, I forgot what you said. It was That was strange. But um, other than that, yeah, I, I think the rest of it was pretty good. Yeah, like for me, the main thing that I want actually is like, just another scene with Grandpa and just need to double check her name. Vivian sent Charmaine, Charmaine, whatever. Another scene with Grandpa and Vivian because I just wanted to care a little bit more about that part of the story. And, mm. you know, it's nice when Grandpa's getting his and, you know, <laughs> is all acting all cute and lovey and all that sort of stuff. I just, you mm. know, I wanted the scene with the couple's colonoscopy is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think there's a deviant art page where you can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also just to bring her up as well, uh, Vivian was played by Morgan Fairchild, who's, I don't think a name you guys would recognise, but 
she's just such a prolific actress. She's been she's Chandler's so, mum in Friends. Oh, there we go. I was gonna because yeah. yeah, she's made a bunch of cameos in sitcoms and stuff, and lots of soap opera TVs and straight to DVD and VHS movies. Yeah, yeah. And that's a cameo that you can do on The Simpsons and no exactly. one's mad about it, you know? Yeah. Sal's got to be someone else, but... Yeah. Well, that's that, the thing. That... It's always the difference of, yeah, a cameo playing a character rather than the whole what are you doing in Springfield uh, yeah. insert name here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that about does it. Uh, any other notes time? Drew, do you have any other notes about this episode you want to mention before we rank it? The I would have changed the plot so she faked her own death to try and frame him. She was trying to get the money somehow. I think that mm. would have been better. And then we could have mm. had a bit of sadder, you know, the family come together for grandpa. Um, the only thing I'll say is I love the ASMR jokes with Homer Me too. falling asleep. I thought that was hilarious. See, I, I hated the setup, but I actually really loved the callback. Yeah, okay. I think both, like, especially the animation of him both times, him hitting his head while he went to mm. sleep, I thought yeah, it was so it was, funny. It was perfect um, physical comedy. Yeah. And the um, just another two jokes that stood out were the repeat of Ken Brockman going, and now to just open this door into <laughs> disaster. And then my favorite joke of the whole thing was when Grandpa goes to the bathroom and Homer says, uh, Quickie's in the bathroom, we only have an hour to talk. That got me <laughs> yeah, good. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How about you, Alex? I had a couple of little jokes that, that cracked me up. The the ender that Jamie said. I thought it was funny when Wiggum was like, that came back, no such test. That was funny. Um, <laughs> it was like we checked him for being pushed or something. That was I thought that was good. And just on sight gags, because it, uh, it noted it, it uh, and it was really a Futurama-style thing where um, the comic book guy was playing like World of Warcraft against... <laughs> Did you see that? And the game was called Conflict of Enemies, which I thought was quite... Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just as a little throwaway background joke, and Millhouse was in it, and uh, there was little things like that that I was like, That's, that was sort of charming as well. So there's a couple of little jokes like that that I, that I noted down that made me laugh, or just at least caught my attention. Yeah, comic book guy with the game controller and also typing on a forum on his laptop and another yeah, screen yeah. set up with some news or some shit. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. my last four months. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about you, James? Any other notes? Yeah, actually, Alex just reminded me, like, speaking of the kind of... It does seem like with David X. Cohen, you do get a little attention to detail. And so even the scene where, like, you went to Skinner's house, just seeing, like, the silhouettes that were on the wall yeah. as mm-hmm. a callback to past episodes, I thought was great. And for there's also a scene where, like, there's all the podcast royalty and then at the back they've got all the drawings of like the host of cereal and stuff and why aren't we on there (laughs) where's the picture community notice for we came out in 2020 it's it's the perfect time for synergy david x (laughs) that is your real name yeah well he he is listening so you know he'll get the message (laughs) we'd love to have you on david sure and yeah my only other note was um i i actually thought chief wiggum was really good in this episode and yeah and he didn't even confess rude like yeah yeah, that's, yeah, really yeah, yeah. That, that's what i was saying about i like it when the plot is like they've got a cop they've got a news reader like just find a way because we know wiggum we don't have to set him up it's not some new character and that's why he's so funny you know like having the the clumsy idiot detective or whatever like yeah the jokes land way uh, better when it's not just some random fucking person involved you know so i thought that mm-hmm. was really good definitely all right, guys, it is time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it participant. 
But for positive ratings, we got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, and for the best of the very best, the episodes which are essential to the Simpsons experience, we give those Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first, let me show you how it's done. Uh, I think I'm going to land on a Bronze for this one, I think. I almost got up to Silver, but... I think it just kind of petered out in the end a little too much. And yeah, definitely it was felt more front-loaded with uh, the better material. So yeah, bronze for me. Uh, Jamie, what do you reckon? I heard it was silver. Like it was funny enough and engaging enough to be considered a silver for me. Like I I would comfortably rank that as a good episode. Yeah. How about you, Drew? Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I reckon bronze... Bronze and a half, you know, it looks silver in particular <laughs> lights, but it was it was a bronze. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah, Alex. I'd probably have to agree. I'd probably have to say, uh, twisted arm to say silver, but I think um, I think bronze. All right. So that'll be a shiny bronze all together, and that really does feel right. Glad you were brave enough to go silver there, Jamie. I was not. Of course. These are the hot takes that people love me for. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for some more hot takes when, uh, after the break, we are going to review Lost Verizon. We will be back. And we are back, and we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was Season 20, Episode 2, Lost Verizon. First released in October of 2008, it was directed by Raymond S. Percy, written by John Frink. In this episode, Bart wants a cell phone and gets one accidentally from Dennis Leary and causes a bunch of pranks and then Marge uh, installs a tracking chip or something into the phone and uh, starts monitoring Bart and a bunch of other shit happens. Hey guys, what do we think? <laughs> this is everything I hate about The Simpsons this episode. This is like the bad Simpsons. Like, yeah. I... No I don't good. know where to begin. Um, just so fucking convoluted as a plot. Like, it, well, not even convoluted, just like, you know, it felt like one of those stories where you, like, write a sentence and then pass it to the next person to write another sentence. Like, it yeah. just, it, it just, it started here and then, and I don't think I've ever seen anything date an episode more than the fact Dennis Leary was the big star. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Everything you were saying before about the Stellan Skarsgård appearance yeah, it was yeah. just so much more egregious. In yeah, this yeah. And but Bart and Milhouse maybe would know Dennis Leary in season four Simpsons not fucking season yeah, yeah. 20 like he's it, so it, past it, his prime it's and he was yeah. never even a like he, he was never a bit they were like he's a big movie star I'm like what <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about and, and just and you can forget all that if there was a lot of funniness in that but I just think that like oh I've got so many things that I didn't like about it. but in general I just think it like it just embodies that era of the Simpsons where the the, the story just was just kept pivoting and it was almost like family guy esque where it's like let's just try to stupid joke you know but not do it well at least and and yeah that it was frustrating i think oh absolutely it was like the story like sentence by sentence story makes total sense because it, it did feel just slapped together it didn't feel coherent the jokes were stupid there were so many like just things that make no sense in any context that don't add anything like like i know that there's like a that nudge nudge wink wink mo and has a crush on marge but to have him like stalking her and then the fbi watching in on him like it was just dumb yeah 
I thought that that could have worked if it had gone one further. Yeah, I thought like there the needed same. to be someone watching the FBI to just push that over the edge. And yeah. and that would have been the joke, right? Like yeah. you know, the FBI watching Mo wasn't a joke. That was like the setup to the yeah. third level of it, which would have been I don't again monkeys I mean, in space or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly something, some you know whatever it would be, and you know it just. There was a few moments like that that was just, yeah, it was like wackiness and then no payoff. It's like one or the other, you know. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna be controversial here. Oh, you loved uh, it. I liked all the Dennis Leary stuff. <laughs> because, uh, I'm I, not saying I didn't like I just thought it was weird. It was just weird. I don't care about, I don't hate Dennis Leary. I just think he was projected as like a movie star, like a big name, like with an agent and he's doing films yeah. and like, he hasn't, it just seemed, it well, seemed weird like to put him there. I guess then a bit of context. So like, I, cause like I, I don't mind Dennis Leary and I like a lot of his projects. Like I was a big fan of the job and I was a big fan of like the early seasons of rescue me, which would have been around this time. Plus with the ice age stuff. But I thought like, I thought they were doing that on purpose. Like, they were making him seem... Like, they were acknowledging the fact that he's not a big star. And, like, they were they were hitting it pretty hard, I thought. If they weren't, then they completely oh, failed at what they were trying to do. Generous. But, like, the fact that they portrayed him as kind of, like, a jealous guy and then, like, focusing on, like, uh, his stuntmen getting credit for stuff that they do instead of him. And then just, like, the ridiculous stuff that he'll say yes to anything. Like, I thought all that stuff was pretty funny. What I thought was weird was how poorly it fit in with the main plot of the episode, which seemed to be just kind of a poor retread of Marge Be Not Proud, where... Mm. I mean, it's probably been done a million times since where one of them loses trust in the other one and at the end there's a little sweet thing that gets it back to status quo. Mm. And if they wanted that to be the plot, they could have definitely put in some more of that heart we talk about instead mm. of all the random Dennis Leary, Brian Grazer stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so those were our two guest stars for this episode, yep, playing themselves. But I, I, I mean, look, if that's the case, Jamie, but I think if I think then... I certainly don't think it was obvious they were doing that. Like, if that's the yeah. case, it makes it... But I think then they failed to drive that home at all because, again, you can't do satire about someone being pretending to be a big shot at a moment in time that might make sense 10 years ago and then, like, three years later where everyone's like, was he a big shot or was he <laughs> yeah. a loser yeah, by I agree then? With that. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't even know if that's correct. I, I certainly think, like, that makes it less bizarre. But, like, I mean, he yeah, it was in Ice Age, but... Then they're making out he's a, yeah. You know what it seemed like? It seemed like they wrote it for an actor and then that actor pulled out and then they put in, well, they got Dennis Leary, you know, and then, like, like, you know, something like that. Like, that would be the other option. One thing is they've misfired, like Jamie's saying, they've misfired with a satire about he's not actually a big star. The other thing, it seemed like it was written for a bigger star and then then obviously that didn't fell through. Yeah, I think because I wrote a note saying, like, they kind of poke fun at it and that's where i think they failed is it like that would make so much sense if it was written for someone else because it seemed like they got wedged dennis leary in and just had to kind of like oh fuck we'll make a little mm. nudge nudge wink wink but it was only like once or twice where they kind of lent into that i felt like i don't know yeah, yeah like with bart's line you know what show was that from the one that's cancelled or the one that's gonna get cancelled yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was like, yeah, the one bit of self-deprecation that I sort of found in that, yeah. True, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, leaning into all this, how was the wackiness of this episode? Was it a particularly cartoony one? <laughs> what, that was what I've underlined twice. I was like, <laughs> wacky and just so unnecessary. Like, like Marge in the coffin, you know, and he's coming up yeah. and he's like, there was just so many things that, again, I don't care if it's wacky or not, but just uh, missed opportunities for jokes and or, or just silly. And it was quite jarring compared to, you know, when you asked the question about the last episode, I had to think about it and I wasn't really sure where to place it on the scale of wackiness. But now, you know, in contrast, like the last episode was not wacky at all compared to this. Like this was just, the, you know, like just on steroids. And I don't know if this was like the period of time where I think they were... You know, Family Guy was sort of being popular and then they were like, oh, maybe we do that, you know? The guy's mm. fighting a chicken, everyone loves that. So it seemed like it was a little bit over the top, but, it, yeah, very different and, and very wacky. Yeah. <laughs> ending on ending on Maggie still at Machu Picchu, like, oh, come on. <laughs> I was living... Just margin. I mean, the heart thing that you said, Jamie, was so true because it's like it just made no sense why they're like chased, running around the country, driving to Peru or to fucking find Bart. And then at no point did you ever feel like she was like, I've lost my. There was no like weight to that. Like if, mm, if, yeah. if you actually felt like she was chasing him and trying to find him because he was lost. But no, it was just. And then it was like. You know, Bart did the whole thing where he's like, it's like, like it was a home alone thing, right? You know, like Kevin mm. and Kevin's home alone. And then when his mum comes home, he hugs her and, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed you. And when I, all I wanted was to be alone. And there was there was just him being stupid at home. What was he, grilling licorice or something? Like it, yeah. it, they missed an opportunity to make that pay off, even if, if that was the point. Doing that dumb joke of him doing all the things that, Marge would obviously want him to do when he's, like, yeah. he's like, oh, I'm going to have a bath, then I'm going to eat my oh, vegetables. Yeah. It was so fucking lame. Yeah. yeah, like the act break, the other one as well, where he gets the phone and it's like, oh my God, you can use these to watch commercials and then shows oh, right yeah. up to Christ, yeah. almost threw the laptop out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Modern Simpsons, uh, potentially damaging to your profit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other one that really just shat me off was um, when they're all calling each other about, or Milhouse is calling everyone about Principal Skinner fighting on the freeway, and it cuts to Jimbo, and he's got that shirt that says, I love puppies. And I was, just, that's the lamest possible joke mm, for an mm, out of character Jimbo mm, thing. Mm, mm. Like, just yeah. cringe. Just what about when cringe. Dennis Leary dive for the Pop Tarts? You see that? Yeah. Oh, it was just, what is, are they just, it's are, a reference they, to one of his popular movies. Are they just like, <laughs> we got another 20 seconds to pad, like, what do we do here? You know, we need to pad this out. Oh, yeah. So many moments like that. I just stopped writing them down because I just, Skinner with a Viagra. Oh, what's in my coffee? And he's walking straight. Like, what is that? Yeah, give that, him a fucking big old honking Give him a bone or, or have him, like, just sitting behind his desk, like, I'm not standing up. Like, that joke. Like, that's an easy joke. You yeah. don't have to show him with a boner. Just show him obviously having a boner. Yeah, show the, show the whole thing. What a Chekhov's gun thing, you know? He has a bone. He's Viagra, and he, he's walking stiff. Man. There were so many moments like that that it was like, if you're going to be silly and throw away, at least nail it, and that is just such a mess. Yeah, well, I mean, especially the wackiness at the start setting the whole thing up with, yeah, Skinner crossing the freeway mm. and 
Barney getting involved and then apparently he runs off with Agnes as well. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I generally didn't know what to make of it. I was just sort of staring blank-eyed and didn't blink a lot in this episode. And I, I, honestly, I thought, because the very first joke in it, or one of the very first jokes is actually pretty decent, where Agnes says to Skinner, he's like, oh, I put a dollar in, but I only drove 90 cents. And she said, oh, yeah, you had to drive with the windows down, didn't you, Rockefeller? And yeah. I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. Maybe we And then he's getting chased around. And yeah. Like, yeah. And she had the book, Bingo Strategies Guide, and says it's all luck. And I thought, oh, that's funny. There were some <laughs> little things like that. I'm like, one, two. I'm like, okay, this is, no, you know, this is all right. And then I think it, that were the last, the first and only <laughs> two things <laughs> that I thought were okay jokes the whole, uh, the whole episode. Yeah, well, I mean, a weird connection with the last episode we are talking about, you know, Jamie talking about how weird it is seeing Simpsons with modern technology. Mm. Then when you get a certain time away from that, because, yeah, this episode's 13 years old now, and them with flip phones is, like, yeah. somehow weirder than them with iPhones now. Yeah, assigning yeah. ringtones for your friends, I was like, oh, boy, this is age bad. Like, that's just a thing, like, no one's going to get apart from people our specific age, maybe. Like, there's not a timeless quality to it that many of Simpsons' best references are. And they didn't have. even do it, right? They just said, I'm going to sign a thing. Yeah, they just that, said it. There was no joke. It was just a reference. Yeah. But we did get a, a re-emergence of the old Bart calls up the bar with a prank call gag. Which, yeah, again. Loved him. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie loved, loved, him. loved all three of them. Uh, I mean, I I didn't like the whole like oh Drew let's P. go to Wiener? Australia, let's go to Sweden. Yeah. I guess it's how else do you do it apart from that? It was just it seemed a little corny, but it's like, well, oh, sign gags as well. I didn't mind. Yeah, crocodile drunk keys and what was the other one? Igmar Barman or something? Yeah, yeah Igmar Barman was funny, and There's just the way the parts. the way the Swedish person talked in general, like an Igmar Bergman. Uh, <laughs> Character was funny, I thought. Also, the pin for the Crocodile Drunkies is Fox Studios, apparently. Oh, oh really? Right. Yeah. Right. I was going right. to say what annoyed me about that and is kind of emblematic of the entire episode is that it clearly zoomed in on what I assumed was the South Coast and now know is Sydney, but still on the coast. And then it goes to the Outback. And if that's, their, if that's the purpose of their gag, that has potential for something but it, it's never clear it's like do you know that that's not where the outback is like it's just either do it right up or don't do it no at they all. don't care i don't think they were aiming for like landing on coogee beach and having it say bondi and then <laughs> yeah. people being like oh, i don't know about that one <laughs> i think there's that's what american writers think australia <laughs> it probably yeah. is yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just get, but, they're doing queen bien yeah. <laughs> oh, says act that's wrong <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, how was the heart in this episode? I think we kind of covered it already, but... Big whiff, I reckon. Real like they were... missed, real missed. Like Jamie said, I think it was almost... It was more jarring because it, like, it seemed like the plot needed that at the end and it just didn't have it at all, or at least they were trying for it. It's, it's fine if there's no heart if, if they're not trying for it, but it, it's like if the plot, you know, needs something like that it, and it's missing, it's even worse. Yeah, I think it's frustrating because the idea is sound. Like, break trust by spying on someone, get revenge, realize that you need them. It's a weird new, well, not newer because it's more than 10 years old, but it's a weird, like, that era Simpsons thing of wasting so much time up top that the resolution feels extremely rushed. 
Yeah. Like, there's so much shit with Leary. I mean, like, I guess they go, like, pretty close at the start that they can't afford the cell phone and whatnot, but there's no conflict there until maybe more than halfway through the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's totally lacking from the Lisa angle of it as well because, yeah, she's just intentionally misdirected her parents to for a, what'd she say, 3,700 mile round trip to Peru. Mm. And yeah, Lisa never gets caught in this. She has no guilt over it. She got no. a gnarly trip to Peru and no one really cares that Bart was alone for two weeks. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, there's no guilt or anything like that. And you know, I tell you what, speaking of like dated, what about the fucking uh, unwoke colonial invasion thing where they're like, the Incas were just wussies and that's why they <laughs> ran away when the conquistadors turned up. It was just like, what? Yeah. That's, that's your take? <laughs> they were just, they couldn't, they ran away scared. Like, that was just, this is such a weird thing to throw in there as, yeah. as part of the plot. Well, yeah. and that's what made fucking just summarizing this thing up the top so difficult. I'm like, well, what is this episode about? And it's like, yeah, like it's saying, and then, and then, and then, and yeah, then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it arrives to this spot where it fucking ends up that, what, Maggie's the queen of Peru? Now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so weird. why not? If, if like you get to that, I think that at the end they're like, all right, well, nothing's wackier than what we've just done there, you know? Like, let's just, you know, let's just end it on the wackiest note. Like, mm. that's a yeah. problem it, when you start doing it, that. It, did it imply, I can't remember who she was lauding it over at the end there, but like people don't live at Machu Picchu anymore, you know, it's ruined. Is she just yeah. lauding over the tourists? Yeah, it seemed really like it was just, they really don't understand what's going on. Like the people down there are still like from the 1200s, you know, like they just yeah. didn't really get, the writers were, it was a big miss. They certainly, I don't think they would, it would get out of um, a writer's room today. Well, I mean, yeah, it also showed that they didn't have trust in their their own emotion in the episode as well because mm. they had, like, it wasn't earned, but it was kind of nice seeing Bart wrap himself around Marge's leg, but they just couldn't let that moment sit. Mm. Like, they had to oh, then yeah. go then, and then this bullshit, okay, credits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't earned. You're totally right because they were like, there's no heart the entire episode and then we're going to tack something on at the end. Yeah, well, much like with the earlier montage with Marge tracking Bart, like the whole daytime's awesome, nighttime's scary. Like, those are all the moments that they're kind of rushing with this story in the form of montage, which, yeah, makes it doesn't feel like it's important at all. No. Both the montages were not funny either, which, like, if you're going to do them, pack some gags in them. Like, the tracking of Bart was kind of like a non-event, like... The silly coffin joke, the adult movie joke, and then like the scary nighttime versus fun daytime things was some golf with some severed dolls heads. Like I get that it's maybe stuff that a ten year old boy would do, but like for wasting thirty seconds and I guess tens of thousands of dollars to license an Elvis Costello song, like <laughs> Yep. Like I it would be great if those sections were funny. Mm. And neither of them were. I would have loved a, like I said, like a Home Alone parody or a, or a Risky Business or some something that Bart's Home Alone lets fucking shaving. I'm, you know, I know that's a fucking hacky thing, but it just something to so we understand what's going on. And if so, if you're not going to do jokes, at least sort of do some sort of like montage like that that we can relate to, not just make up your own weird, mm. stupid line mm. about dot daytime. There's a lot of um. Kind of Alex has got the nail that there's a lot of people just saying shit 
and us having to accept it. Like when he says like daytime, great nighttime, bad, like mm. there's no real indication that anything that happens at night is bad other than the fact that he's saying it. Millhouse has a moment as well where he just kind of like, you don't see his parents like over mother him and smother him with attention. He like outright states it. Mm. So there's a lot of wasted time here saying things instead of making jokes or showing things. Mm. And you're right. Absolutely. And if you get rid of the, the leery part and you just sort of, you just go, okay, tracking chip, running away. Like you could get into that and then you've got time to flesh it all out. And that just seemed like they were sort of behind the eight ball from the start is to try to wrap this up in a certain amount of time. Oh, well, we can't elaborate and we just have to have Millhouse going, my parents love me, bye, you know, and, and yeah. that's it. Did Millhouse sound weird in that episode as well? A little bit. When he did that line, he did. That whole part where he was talking about his parents loving him, I thought maybe they had someone else in for it, but mm. I couldn't find any evidence of it. It was a black guy from Becca, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? Is this the show we know and love? No way. Not in the old. It definitely felt like it, it was a, a highlight reel of what I think of when I think of Bad Simpsons. You know, like it was, it would hit wow. every note uh, in terms of that. So in that way, yes. But I don't think there was any redeeming part of it that I was like, this is a glimmer of old Simpsons. No. Yeah, I mean, I concur. Mm. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, even with that, there's not even the. Hey, it's not as good as seasons three to nine, but it's still better than ninety percent of other sitcoms. It's just like, no, it's fucking not. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I could watch laugh track sitcoms that are funnier than that. You know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And wasn't um, sorry, but I, and I haven't caught up. But isn't didn't Barney get sober? And wasn't he sober at one point? Or is that is that done? Is that not counted? Yeah. Anymore? Uh, well, much like Millhouse's parents who got back oh, together yes, in like season one. nineteen. Yeah. Barney uh, got back on the source in like <laughs> 16 or 17 right, or something. Okay, yeah, never quit, right. brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all this stuff makes the next question so exciting. What would you like to change? Jamie, we'll start with you. Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I either take out Dennis Leary or make the whole episode about Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> just and make, they should say Dennis Leary. So just much more. screen an episode of The Job. It was pretty funny and not enough people watched it, I reckon. Uh, I don't know. Like, If you're going to do the tried and true plot of mom and son disappointment, like that is such a such a well-worn thing that you've really got to hit it and hit it hard instead of just lightly brush over it you've got to spend more time on that i think yeah i just the characters acted it there's a lot of it that plays like fan fiction of like someone who has written a simpsons episode because they watched like 15 of them in a row Mm. um Yeah. yeah i'd maybe I'd maybe just fucking bin that one and just <laughs> come up with a new one. Total tear down. Uh, how about you, Alex? What would you like to change? I think if you're going to... And I don't think there's a problem doing the um, the just the back end of it and stretching that out. Um, but if you do that, I think they've got to like... Almost like the podcast one was... 
like make it more about the cell phone and like so, so, now it's just it's not about a cell phone it's about a gps tracker right like mm. it's it's not really like if you're going to make it about a modern thing and a modern phenomenon i think it's got to be like the the through line through it you know and you can still have that through line about your parents spying on you but make that the thing you know you're spying on bard and now you're watching him on the computer and you're like something along those lines where it's more consistent and not just this sort of way to get into him putting it on a bird and sending him to Peru. And then yeah. just just the way it wraps up just was just stupid. Like, there's got to be a better way to do that. I'm sure that there's a million different ways to end it. But, yeah, so I think you've got to sort of just have the plot established within, you know, two minutes, three minutes, and that effectively still be the plot at the end, or at least, like, some sort of tenuous link to it. Yeah. What do you reckon, Joe? Um, yeah, I reckon cut Leary, cut most of the golf stuff, an adult mm. man firing a pistol at Bart, like, <laughs> you know. It's as bad uh, as Mo throwing a brick at Marge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe worse. Um, cut Machu Picchu at the end. You want Bart to go missing in the way that he went missing in the Thanksgiving episode, you know, like, keep him local and that then you can actually have some stakes. Maybe the family actually seem like they're concerned i think the sillier you go then the more you you can't like it would be equally as ridiculous for them to be concerned while they're fucking hiking up machu picchu and they've been gone in a week and a half like mm-hmm. so you yeah. I, I think you just need to bring the whole thing closer to home and probably start with him having a cell phone like the problem should come from him being on the cell phone too much or something like that you know not sure. wasting all this time setting it up so he can bring dennis leary in so he can steal his phone and you know, call those gay Swedes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has a watch just thinks Drew's. <laughs> Weird right turn for Drew there. Yeah, nothing wrong with the Swedish, Drew, but sure. Well, I actually didn't mind the golf course stuff, and I think I just maybe had a little bit of affection to it because this is something I did as a kid. There was a driving range near my home, and uh, we'd go get the balls that had gone over the fence from them, went into the creek and whatever, and give them back to the thing. And then they knew we were sneaking in at night and like getting the ones that were still inside the border. Like they yeah. found us out. So <laughs> we uh, had a driving a... range near us, and we used to do the same thing. We just go down at night and steal them all. So that that yeah. was a bit. But it's just. Where do you yeah. place that in the show? You never had a Texan shoot his two fucking no. pistols at him. <laughs> and also, Bart get nearly gets hit by a ball flying, and then he goes up there, and Julius Hibbert's there, and he says it was his ball, and Hibbert is putting. And I'm like, no, he was not putting. That He must have been yeah. driving. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. I don't really turn it off. That was our laptop out the window I drew it. And I was just like, sorry, what is this? Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was sort of hoping there'd be a bit more like Bart's ownership of the cell phone and like Marge spying in, but like having conflict is like, well, this is mine. What right do you have, parent? You know, mm. there'd be some interesting conflict, maybe, but yeah. you know, not present at the moment. Uh, uh, yeah, I think your son or your child or whatever having a phone is a big parental thing that you could play so much on. You know, uh, texting and and you know whatever. I mean, it's, uh, maybe they've done that in other episodes. I don't know, but just. That whole thing about your son or your kid constantly on their phone, like they, they there's there's a lot more to dive into and mine into if you if you're gonna have a new uh, phenomenon thing as the plot, like it's not like it's a, it's thin, you know. There's a lot yeah. more to, to tap into. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we are here. Uh, does anyone have any other notes, Jamie? Uh. Yeah. I th- that was genuinely fascinating to do those two specific episodes 
both about technology, both newer era Simpsons, and have the newest one shit all over the older one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. new yeah. that. I mean, I'm not going to, but it kind of makes me want to watch both season 32 and 20 and see if it stays the course the whole thing. Because if that is the case, then it's clearly like picked itself back up. I thought that the season 32 one had a playfulness and respect for its past, that this one had more of a sneering, like, can you believe we're still doing this shit kind of Mm. feeling? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bad episode, but it's great to contrast it with an even newer one that was kind of similar but just like better executed on every level it may i tell you what it makes me glad i gave that one a silver (laughs) (laughs) uh did you have any more notes drew that was like it was fucking terrible um (laughs) and am i right to think that there was some controversy in our genes specifically coming back and everyone thinking it was going to be good it was like him and mike Reese or someone? Yeah. yeah yeah they come back in season 13 and um al's been the showrunner ever since and and it's like that's just an indictment on our gene like that makes me suspicious of any uh work he'd done in the earlier seasons where it was actually good and it's like man this was all Schwarzwelder or something i don't know man you've we've been comics for eight years haven't you felt us getting less funny from like <laughs> year three <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> no comment <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything funny to say, so yes. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, other than that, it was good to see the full title sequence back. I like that. Yeah. That was something that threw me on the first one. Yeah, well, this was actually one of the last episodes that uh, featured the full old 4.3 title sequence. Yeah, um, I was going to say it was original animation, which kind of made it slightly jarring when it went to the newest you know kind of animation yeah it was about halfway through season 20 when they started doing the the new hd intro yeah right alex do you have any other notes yeah i think yeah what jamie said was really um struck for me because i when we started this i thought going into the last one i'm like this will be shit and then when i Mm. liked it i had this thing where i'm like maybe i'm just maybe i've just seen the odd bad new one and just written it off right and so i thought going into I generally then thought going to this one that I, I it would be okay and then it was just everything I remembered about why I hated the Simpsons so it was really like I think if it done it in reverse it would have been a really different experience you know mm-hmm. um but just like I would really like to see like Jamie said I think like a contrast to the episodes around this is it just a one-off is it is it the writers is it not you know the everybody poops like that that was so family guy to me but it, not even mm. funny just a reference to a, a oh what if they did a film remake of this mm. thing and and it just made me think about like being someone like dennis leary and like especially then what is this 2008 so i think simpsons definitely had run its course but i think if you're a celebrity and someone said you want to guest star on the simpsons you don't even say no it's still quite probably a big dream of a lot of people but then you're reading the script and you're like oh that's what i'm doing you know like how how disheartening would that be and you just almost want to be like can we rewrite this you know it just it was interesting to me think about like being like one of those guest stars who has this shitty role and you're just forced to do it and just sort of being oh dennis you were on the simpsons no i don't watch that episode it's actually pretty shit you know <laughs> like you've got like, that's now your, your stigma around you you know we're bagging him out because of the episode so i thought that the whole guest star thing 
I don't know what drives it, you know, thinking about, like, is it for, because people watch because they like Dennis Leary? Is it just a cheap trick that the writers do to flesh out some jokes? But they seem to go for it all the time, and I don't know who really gets anything out of it. Especially if I was Dennis Leary, like I'd be like, I'd probably take the episode to get a few more things on my list of bad, you know, on my bad pile, just to <laughs> yeah, bury, yeah, like, sure. some yeah. of the shitty things he's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it just made me really think about, like, what's the driving force behind these these guest stars? Is it is it just the show feels like they need to do it or yeah so it was just interesting to think about that and I'd, I'd love to know if someone like Dennis Leary reads that and goes this is going to be bad you know this yeah. is not I don't know why I sign up for this yeah well even for this one when it came out it's probably the last sort of you know TV era of the Simpsons before streaming and you know this would be where they do the commercials and it's like look Dennis Leary's getting up to wackiness this week he's jumping yeah. for pop darts and yeah whatever. yeah yeah but nowadays, it's, you know, the tweets and Instagram posts and TikToks and stuff is like, look who we've got on this week. It's mm. Lord, probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and I guess it must drive people to watch and they just have to... The, so the writers are probably then forced to shoehorn someone in and they hate it as much as anyone because yeah. it doesn't... Especially in this scenario. I mean, there's certainly been a lot of good cameos over the years. Yeah, but most of them fall into the um, whole "what are you doing here?" sort of. Well, exactly, and I, yeah, it, it might it might be frustrating to have to write around that, right? Like, so yeah, it's just something that caught my eye. Yeah, and my only other note about this, and I just did want to give it credit because I thought this was a pretty good joke that referenced the past as well. It's like. Marge is like, but how did you get that cell phone? And it's like, the same way you got me, by accident, on a golf course. <laughs> I'm like, okay, swish. Nicely <laughs> done. <laughs> All right, yeah. time to rank this thing. So, uh, Drew, you can go first this time. Oh, mate, F. F for failure <laughs> all day. All right. Alex? Yeah, I mean, what's the point of failure if you don't give this a failure? You know, like, what are we saying? <laughs> like, unless the episode doesn't download properly like i don't understand how it could fail more than that like it realistically like a yeah unless i watched everyone i'd be surprised i could i'd be very surprised if i watched every episode of the simpsons and thought 10 were worse than that so i'm gonna have to put it in the bucket of f yeah um i'm going participant and it's like only just and it's like because i feel like i've seen a lot worse that it made me a lot angrier <laughs> this was more of an exhausting boring watch yeah it's mm. just like five minutes to go with the plot and it's still pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. And it's just, are we here? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah. Like, uh, what do you reckon, Jamie? Yeah, I got to do failure as well, I think. I, I like to err uh, positive, but I mean, that that, that wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> you've, up, you've upset Jamie now. Yeah. Yeah, now, so gonna, now I need to go to sleep. but oh we've got a really good one coming up next i swear (laughs) oh man imagine if we done them the other way around i'd be so mad right now (laughs) we used to for the first 20 podcasts we did it um yeah the other way around and we had to change it was just too much of a fucking bummer like (laughs) all right and this will be a shiny failure and it'll be the second episode from season 20 to get a shiny failure it'll join how the test was won and yeah, if you did want to check out other episodes around this time that are good or bad, why not go to thesimpsonsindex.com and check out our spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, but we have one more episode to do tonight. I am so excited to do this one. We are doing Marge versus the Monorail. We will be back. 
And we are back and we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening. This was Season 4, Episode 12, Marge vs. the Monorail. First released in January of 1993, it was directed by Rich Moore, written by Conan O'Brien and Al Jean. In this episode, like, come on, you know it, it's the Monorail one. It says it in the title, you know what it is, I know it, you know it. Guys, what'd you think? I hated it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. more, it needs more Dennis Leary Yeah oh my God, Where's the Lear dog um, No I mean Yeah just such a great episode it was, um, It's it's such a contrast to the last one Because they're both Similarly wacky And the story kind of starts in a bit of a weird place And takes it in you know Off in a strange direction Wackiness through the roof But it, that's showing you how to actually do it right It's actually mm. fucking hilarious yeah 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 that's what i thought watching it was um there were a lot of jokes that were like yeah just throwaway jokes and but and there were so many of them but they were all so funny and it's like you can do whatever you want if it's funny right yeah and it wasn't like it was a wacky plot i mean it sort of is a bit unrealistic but it's not like drew said it takes a, it's a few little hops before you get into it but once you're in then it's the monorail one like it's not like halfway mm. through you know the monorail crashes and they take langley to court and then they sue and they're on tv for suing him like it's it, it, it's yeah. sort of once it starts and then that is the the storyline and right until right at the very end you know there's no weird wrap-up or anything like it is much more clear and cohesive but still there's so many little jokes they hang off on it that uh just was killing me still yeah. i've seen it a hundred yeah. times and still laughing yeah, oh, that's it, right? Like, for the amount of times that I've revisited this episode, I'm surprised at the, like, amount of the times that I was still popping watching it. Mm. Like, it's just full of such good shit. Yeah, yeah. I was writing down jokes that I liked, and I had to stop because I was, like, you know, getting a wrist cramp. And mm. there were, <laughs> there's probably four or five jokes that I've at one point been at the pub and said as my all-time favorite simpsons joke and they're all crammed in this mm. one episode like i forgot how many of the just the classic jokes are in here yeah yeah for the lexicon of simpsons fans yeah this episode how it holds so many of those moments yeah it's actually got a lot of jokes that i like will throw out as a reference like as as a you know like the you know think harder homer like that <laughs> line i use that all the time when someone's just as a joke of someone who's looking at someone and thinking at something else. And the other one was, uh, like, and, and I think I said at the start, like, my girlfriend didn't watch a lot of Simpsons, so I'll say these things. And she was like, what are you talking about? But the other one was, uh, there ain't no monorail and there never was. Like, I, whatever <laughs> there's something like, it just, it's, a, it's not even like, that's my favorite joke. It's like, that's a quote I'll use as a reference to a scenario. And there's a bunch more like that. Like, it's actually funny how... Just that one episode has influenced so much of like yet your own lexicon. Yeah, yeah, I think that that Alex has pretty much said it completely right there. That there's just so much from this as in an everyday speech patterns. If you're mm. late for something, I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> like that anyone want to switch seats? That, that is, is that is my favorite like, joke probably ever. I think it's, that. As close to perfect as a half-hour television comedy can be. And the only thing that, like, there's no markdown on it. The only thing that's crazy is that there's probably about three or four more seasons of The Simpsons that are this level consistency, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, to, it's so lucky to have this sort of stuff. 
yeah well so few shows you can say yeah they were really peaking between seasons four and seven like now that is such a weird thing it's generally yeah you you like the first season and everything is oh just on the nerd off on that haircut thing and just the subtlety of his actual haircut is just like it's just so funny because it's just sort of short and cool i was just looking at it then it's one of those things that like even if you remember that joke when you see his shaved little sideburns and everything it just kills you and like that's one of those you don't need to like you know over egg it like you you Mm. just go there you go he doesn't need like a fucking mohawk or anything it's just little (laughs) subtleties like that are just like only in that era it's the perfect subtle joke because like a newer simpsons would have done something stupid like a family guy style cutaway but the yes. subtlety of the joke is it puts you, like the image of Marge sitting there looking at a watch while she's waiting for this guy to get a haircut. Yeah. Just, like, yeah. uh, it's, it's There's so too funny. much family guy hate in this. this no, and, no, I think I was going to say that is, uh, and I think South Park as well is, is the, it's more just like they have their own style and then they became popular. And then it's whether it was conscious or not, I think the Simpsons at some point, like whenever they get too close to those two shows, I don't like it. And it's not that I don't, I really like those two shows, but if they're too throwaway gag line or they're too like, what's in the news, let's do an episode about yeah. it, satire, I don't like it. And because those shows do it way better. So yeah, like Family Guy's fine if that's, if like, if it's hilarious if, if that's all it is. But like watching this episode, and I did read something about it, like at the time, this was considered, a lot of people didn't like this episode or the, the um, the voice actors didn't like it at all because it was so wacky compared to what was before it. But like, yeah, even Yardley Smith said on a commentary that she thought this was the end of the show and she's since uh, walked back on it a bit. But yeah, even at the time it was yeah. pretty far out there for the Simpsons. Yeah. Which is funny. And it just puts in context. I remember when my mum, my parents were like, that bard is so rude, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and then it's like yeah, South Park and all the rest of it just became this other thing. So it is funny that, like, compared to what was before it, it was out there, but at no point did this episode need reining in. Like, it was as funny as it was because it was a little bit wacky or, or whatever um, the case. It is noticeably wackier than, you know, Simpsons of that era, which stuck, kind of stuck out to me because. I forgot just how silly it is and how much stupid stuff. Even Homer sliding down it through the window at the start, you know, totaling his car. It's a perfect opener, but it is noticeably, like, self-consciously wacky as opposed to this, like, The Simpsons being, like, a cartoon that's actually, like, one of the sort of 80s sitcoms that are all about realism. (laughs) Monty mm. Burns putting nuclear waste drums in the tree. (laughs) (laughs) And a tree, like, coming alive. All those bald children, like... (laughs) Well, that's another one of those jokes where you imagine the scenario, you know, they don't then cut away to the bald children who... yeah, Yeah, it's, like, the same with chief wiggum and quimby having that standoff and then just cutely going uh should we share a car or should i follow you yeah. you, know, you <laughs> yeah. don't then see that scene you like yeah you left your imagination with that yeah yeah i also Incredible. really liked like i thought i had a couple of lines there's a couple of really good quimby lines like he's he's got a few great moments in this and actually like there's a few other characters that like i'm sure if you went back this is what it was back then but compared to the newer ones there was just more secondary characters that had a good joke in there and had their own little character like Quimby and Wiggum and stuff like that and like you know Abe 
getting everyone mistaken Abe when he's like against <laughs> the monorail. Like, he's like, sure, we could pull all our eggs in one basket. Like, there was so many great little lines like that from characters, from secondary characters that, like I said, I, I'm sure that was just like, you know, the, the norm of the course back in the season, whatever four it was, but it was refreshing, definitely. Compared to season... 20 especially (laughs) it is so dense with jokes like Mm. they don't even want to go like this episode specifically i know there are ones in season four that are a little less but that's usually because they are actually pushing the heart and doing it well but this is such a joke like you can't go 30 seconds without a joke and i think they've said on the commentaries like on like on the simpson scripts you needed to have like a certain amount of jokes per page that's like it's either gone downhill or they think what they're doing is of a similar quality. But this is like the amount of laugh lines and quotable things in here yeah. that come out of it. That just there were long stretches in the season twenty episode where it, mm. like you'd kill for a snrub or something. Yeah, like that, you know? and, and 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 it was edited so tightly as well. I just love how like. You know, these like, uh, you know, Mr. Burns, EPA. And then, like, the next thing is like Monty Burns up as Hannibal Lecter at the thing. Yeah. The tr- like, there's no bullshit. It's just like cut straight to the next scene. And that makes, makes it so funny. There's no like padding of time. And it's like that. If you want to do a, not even that complicated, but if you want to do a storyline that's got few beats just having it tightly like that is so funny and even like when monty shoots uh, as snrub shoots for the ceiling with the clock <laughs> and then as he's zipping up a poo stands up in the foreground yeah. and starts talking and he's going up behind him and it's like they've just saved seven seconds of dark dead air but mm. it's you don't lose what's happening and it's just so tight that you just really appreciate it and it means that the jokes are so quick without like seeming jarring because you're not like what's going on you, you're following along the whole time yeah, just whips along at 180 miles per hour yeah. with no fucking brakes yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, this episode as well i think has a little bit of a special meaning to our sydney siders as well um uh, yeah with the sydney monorail and yeah i did a little bit of community notice board-esque research oh, on the monorail yeah. today <laughs> you wouldn't mind indulging me for a of moment course. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, we had our monorail opened in July of 1988 and there was a huge push against the monorail from Sydney Council as well because they were pushing for, funnily enough, a light rail system mm. that was going to cost uh, $20 million as opposed to the monorail's $50 million and tickets would be cheaper and all that. But they went ahead because TNT, the private firm that built them, you know, the selling points was it'd be a big tourist attraction and make the city look really futuristic and cool, and the monorails would be driverless. But during the first three months of operation, they had nine breakdowns. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, seldom break. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I do wonder, like, is this just common for monorails across the world or did they know about our stories or whatever? That's interesting because I never thought about the timeline of the monorail versus this episode. But imagine being the... Imagine being the guy who's like pushing for the because the monorail was around until uh, way after this episode, right? Like I can't remember yeah. when they finally killed mm-hmm. it, but so there was a moment where this episode came out just ragging on stupid monorails, and uh, <laughs> you know monorail headquarters in Sydney would have. I been... loved the monorail. I remember coming to Sydney as a kid and riding on the monorail, and I was young enough that it was like just I may as well have been at Wonderland, you know. I was I, having a great I was, time. Yeah. So I don't know about you, Elliot, but I didn't grow up in sydney so we 
came to Sydney and then rode the monorail. Like, this is great, but like what I understood since is the criticism, and it makes sense when you think about it, is it just went nowhere from a Sydney side of point of view. From a tourist point of view, it was like, oh, the casino town, like wherever it went, it sort of was yeah. like, that's where you want to go. But it, it was completely pointless from anyone who lived here. Well, I mean, it connected so poorly up with the rest of the transport infrastructure, and I think... Yeah, that was another big criticism. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the breakdowns and incidences, yeah, like a month after they opened, the monorail stopped for two hours and it was found out that the company who owned it, TNT, didn't call emergency services until like one hour and 50 minutes and in which the fire brigade then came and yeah, were able to disembark the passengers. But yeah, they tried to keep it hush-hush and hope it would kick it in. Oh, no. <laughs> kept, kept, would kept rebooting the system. <laughs> Give another reboot. You tried yeah. turning right. it off and turning <laughs> it on. <again. laughs> We're just hanging out for that solar eclipse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cosmic ballet. <laughs> and there's been a pile over the years, but uh, one of the more recent ones in 2010, two of the monorail trains collided when one stopped and then the other just kept going and then rear-ended it. Um, Jesus Christ. Four people were hospitalised, no serious injuries, My so we Lord. can laugh at it. Jeez, I didn't even know that. It's like, I thought it was one rail, one carrier. I don't know how you even crash it, but they, I guess if one moves and one doesn't, you're going to hit the other one. So Yeah, I didn't actually, because, yeah, that, like, I wondered if how many monorails were operating on, but at least two, I guess, based on that <laughs> info, but I couldn't find out. But yeah, so over time, the monorail like jumped between so many private companies, but eventually was bought by New South Wales government in 2012 with the intention to demolish it. And the monorail took its last trip on June 30, 2013. About, wow. yeah. That's so much later than I thought. I thought it was like... Yeah, right? Early 2000s, they yeah. got rid of it. Same, now, same. Relatively That's... recent. Wow. So 93, did you say it started? No, 88. 88. 88. Wow. That's, That's such a long time. And I don't... I, yeah, I don't know if there's any monorails that are, um, apart from, like, at an airport when you're just shuttling around, I don't know if there's any monorails around the world that are actually sort of successful. Well, they, have that, like, they have, in Chicago, I think, and maybe in Philadelphia, they the have L trains, L trains but that's... Yeah, that's a real They're train. a bit heavier. Yeah. I feel like monorails kind of only exist in, like, theme parks with a theme of, like, Tomorrowland in the 50s now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's such an '80s thing to be like. Let's build something to make us futuristic and cool, and just <laughs> yeah. just embarrassing themselves. It is so funny yeah, how that travels on one track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just like I think, and it's such a funny word, monorail. Like it, that, mono means one, rail means rail. Like it's just, it is a perfect thing to make fun of, and it just, it, it's so crazy that he just nailed. What I don't know how Conan wrote this and whether it was based on a town that had a monorail or not but like if he didn't he just said towns would be that stupid i mean it's quite funny how how much it it aligns with reality just the town just going yeah let's do it you know well they're so like impractical and big and imposing because yeah it's not just the track you've also got yeah all those pillars Yeah. yeah that are just getting in the way of shit so yeah you can totally understand why uh yeah the government were like yeah, let's just fucking cut our losses on this one and um, go back to the light yeah, rail. Yeah, I bet you they pitched it going, um, Melbourne want a monorail. <laughs> like, uh, uh, well, we're twice as smart as the people from Melbourne. <laughs> Actually, uh, what's funny is because um, the monorail and tracks itself were then divvied out and Hobart put in a bid to 
buy some of the pieces, but they couldn't raise the funds they wanted oh my to. God, that's <laughs> even more, yeah. Sydney so so that any more embarrassing. <laughs> uh, going to the uh, monorail yeah. auction and not getting your money together. That's very funny. So Hobart well, ended up with the equivalent of the Simpsons elevator to nowhere, but it's just yeah. a monorail, yeah. Yeah. The monorail track. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, twenty-two of the characters, uh, carriages, sorry, were put on sale on Gumtree for three thousand dollars each. Um, oh, uh, unfortunately, most of them went to scrap. But two of the characters and ten meters of track are currently at the Powerhouse Museum. Mm. Uh, oh, cool. Two other characters, uh, ca- fuck, I keep doing that. <laughs> two other carriages are at Google's Piermont office and are being used as meeting rooms. Ah, yeah. oh, there you go. Just to remind you what not to do. <laughs> None of this. Uh, but yeah, Google paid two hundred and fifty grand to have them installed in those offices. God damn, Christ. that sucks. <laughs> I hate that. That's so iconic uh, and weird and cool, quirky for Google. Yeah, good on them. Yep. Uh, finally, yeah, if you do want to see the Sydney monorail, um, there's a lovely photo essay on monorails.org. And it also appears in the movies uh, Two Hands, starring our Heath Ledger, mm. and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. What? Oh. Where it was rebranded as the Angel Grove monorail. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. Is that. Yeah, you know, so that would be the one from the 90s, right? The Ivan yeah, Ooze yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, haven't seen that in the hot minute, but now I know it's got that <laughs> monorail in it. <laughs> um, but back to this episode. So, yeah, we've um, dipped in and out of the wackiness a bit, but were there any other, some of the cartoony moments which stood out to you guys? I really like Bart and Lisa's imagining what to do with the money. I thought that was, like, the perfect way to do a wacky cutaway. Like, Bart mm-hmm. imagining Seymour getting eaten by <laughs> the giant ants. Bart, what? your mechanical ants. Like, that was just such a silly... Like, that's... Because I really actually liked how, again, it was like all the characters had... The Simpsons had their own little moment in this episode. Obviously Homer and then Bart looking up to Homer and having that, uh, you know, I really respect you now. And then also Lisa had that moment with where she asked that really clever question. He's like, Mm, you know, then she just gets fooled by the charm of this guy, you know, in saying uh, only me and you would understand. And then Marge obviously being worried about Homer. But so there was like a couple little moments like that. So it sort of just went around and... And it was like a wackiness, but it was also like a character thing. Like it's it's wacky, but it's also like endearing to think of a child imagining what they would do with all that money and Lisa doing it. So I think that was like, yeah, definitely not wacky, but it was like the way to do that sort of sort of cartoon, like you said, using the cartoon a medium in the right way. And also just like as a little slight note about that, I really liked how um, Langley kept running everywhere with a suitcase with cash just coming out of it, you know, like, <laughs> as if he wouldn't have just got eft the money, but he's just running yeah, with yeah. money pulling it. Like, that's so funny and silly, and that's how you, you use, like, that cartoon medium way better than, like, whatever else, yeah. you know, we were criticising yeah. the other ones for. I mean, the, Leonard Nimoy phases out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say insane, that. Insanely <laughs> funny. The, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Drew mentioned it, but the first bit is a Simpsons, I mean, a Flintstones takeoff where he crashes through the front uh, yeah. window of his car. It's incredible, too. Like, well, I mean, this song as well became like a schoolyard chant for my school. Like, mm-hmm. we just sing this all the time, and it's so funny. Why chestnut? And why was that the funniest tree to possibly yeah. get? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, there is so much goodness in this. It's like, 
when they do the wacky stuff that has character behind it, that's amazing. But they've also managed to just do the complete non sequiturs and get away with it as well. Uh, also, what killed me more, probably because uh, I couldn't remember, was uh, Truckosaurus and uh, the celebrity <laughs> voice in person. Like Marlon Brando was Truckosaurus and it was like yeah. celebrity voice impersonated. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You're crazy guy. Like, that was so stupid. But it was just yeah. like, it just got me. It just tickled me so much. There, there is so much pure wackiness and like i think both of you said just the throwaway jokes that are they are character based but they're just such stupid things to say in the moment but they're so funny like Mm. when just killed me when marge gets up and she's like you know now my idea might not be as exciting and then quimby just goes well you just you you talk on i'll amuse myself with some pornographic (laughs) playing cards yeah (laughs) it's just like it's just perfect yeah oh and it's coming into that imagination again (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. but how about the heart of this episode how did we feel about the emotional core i think alex got that pretty well in the head where it's not an overtly heartish episode I mean, this era of The Simpsons does heart very well when it wants to, but, like, all the characters act like the characters, Mm. and that's in service of the emotion and the story and the joke. So when Alex pointed out, like, that first, like, Lisa wants to be pragmatic with this, but then she gets fooled by Lyle Landley essentially saying, like, you're the smartest person in the room, which is, like, something that would happened to an eight-year-old girl that probably thinks she's the smartest person like any eight-year-old would be fooled by that so i think like it's not like schmaltzy heart and it's not like nakedly wearing its emotion but i think in terms of like these people are acting how humans will act in the craziest scenario possible everyone's still doing the things that you expect them to do nobody's out of character or mean or weird for any reason every non sequitur is still in service of who they are yeah yeah and that's what i really like that like marge gets involved because she's worried about she's reading about the brochure and she's like you're going to be going so fast and then she invests like i need to look into this more like it's what's driving her to be involved in the episode is the fact she's married Mm. to this guy which is totally believable and the, the the heart of it right like it's not there's no other incentives for her to track down this other guy and get involved. It's that. It's yeah. that core cool heart of my husband might be in danger. And then Bart being in the carriage with Homer the whole time is driven by him finally like, wow, Dad, you have a cool job. I respect you, which is pretty, you know, sweet as well. So they don't, like, at all dwell on it, but it is, like, there is some moments there that, like, you know, I mean, you could have put Bart in there by like giving him a job which wouldn't have been it would have been weird right like it mm. he's in there because he's wants to hang out with his dad which is quite sweet and then that and then it's believable and then that drives you know some of the other jokes and you know the, mm. the other the plot from it so i think there was a lot of moments like that that's just missing in the later ones but it's certainly not like the core of it here but it's it really adds to it what i think yeah. is so crazy about this is that it kind of flies against like everyone's conventional theory as well. And like, it's probably regarded as one of the funniest episodes of the series. And it is a Marge episode. Like it's called Marge versus the monorail and Mm. everyone associates Marge and like more Lisa episodes with the ones with a stronger emotional core. This one is just bad shit. But like, I know that the, the writers, I think in the commentaries have said they get a big kick out of when they can make, but like believably, into homer in like a way where like 
there's a scene in a later episode where like Homer cracks a joke and Bart really laughs at them. Like we just like that because we like the idea that a ten year old boy will like his dad's shitty jokes. And like mm. Alex said in this, the fact that like yeah, they could have made him like mono boy or something, mm. but they mm. chose mm. to just have him be a guy who wants to you know, hang out with his dad because he's a monorail conductor. I think that there's your heart, I reckon. Like, it's mm-hmm. subtle, but it's it's there in spades compared to the other episode we just watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it's so sweet. You know, he's proud of his dad for showing some initiative. And, uh, yeah, thanks, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's got that great joke about, yeah. you want to be called Homer Jr.? The kids can call you Homer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get Just back the to blank it. stare <laughs> yeah. before that. Just Beautiful. I mean, it's also, good, I, it's also good I call the big one Bitey in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, uh, and yeah, driving in Marge's concern as well, you know, the Simpsons trope of this time doing, you know, the floating heads, repeating the phrases and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I call the big one bitey. So uh, that's such a great joke. Uh, but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these characters we know and love? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think mm. even like, and the, hey, what about this? I mean, Nimoy is a guest star, but like Phil Hartman as Langley is like, perfect. you know, mm. that's what you want. Like Leonard Nimoy being, is that that's a perfect cameo because he's himself and he's just this weird, crazy guy. But, but yeah, Phil Hartman doing that is like, yeah, it's such a great, slick character. And you don't need to get anyone else. You don't need to get a famous person. Mm. You just need to get someone who has a great, funny voice. And uh, even mm. though he's... Lionel Hutz, who's on the monorail as well. Like, you know, you, it, it doesn't matter. It's just such a great cameo to, to have that come through. Yeah, I think that yeah. probably exemplifies something that uh, is specific to, like, this golden age of The Simpsons versus later eras where, like, Leonard Nimoy is just clearly someone they want on because all the writers were gigantic Star Trek nerds as yes. opposed to them being like, oh, we've got to get yeah. uh, Miley Cyrus on because people love her and it drives <laughs> up views. And, like, I, I also think that, I mean, it's been mentioned, but, like, losing Phil Hartman, such a tragedy, and probably has oh. had just as big an impact on The Simpsons' perceived loss of quality as any other reason. Like, yeah. you've essentially lost, like, three of the show's best side characters with him and mm-hmm. the ability yeah. to just plug him in in any role. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, there is a bunch of one-time Phil Hartman characters and, man, he just was so good at doing this particular brand of sleazebag, which you just can't help but fucking smile and, like, writhe at the same time. Yeah, yeah. the charming, yeah. cheap sleazebag. There's something about it, yeah, it's almost... Did they ever put Lionel Hutz or Troy McClure in again? Like, they never tried, right? They never went for Oh, no. No. And you and you're just losing two great I mean the the bumbling lawyer and the failed actor like it there's I mean imagine go yeah like you said you let's say from season whenever he died from that season onwards how many jokes could you get in as him as one of those two characters in I reckon every episode you get two laughs yeah. you know like mm. if anything could be the the catalyst or the jumping of the shark that's got to be it but yeah I, just really Great to hear him. And, yeah, you're, you're right, Jamie. Like, Leonard Nemo didn't have a movie to promote, I, I imagine. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's just like a, just a, you know, he was iconic. Yeah, like, I think, I think if point. anything, at that point, he was probably, like, nearer the bottom of his relevance. Like, Star yeah. Trek original cast would have well and truly be done and dusted. It would have been before Nostalgia Monster of the Internet fucking made, like, all that shit super popular again. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. they'd approached Shatner a couple of times throughout the run of the show up until this point, and uh, he said no all the time. And this episode was originally meant to have George Takei, but he was like asking for a lot of script changes and stuff, and the writers were feeling stifled and annoyed. And then eventually, Takei sent them a uh, um, almost said email. Definitely didn't do that uh, <laughs> back in '93. Um, yeah, sent them a letter saying, "I can't do this episode." I'm a spokesman for like a certain public transport group and I don't feel like this would reflect well. So weird. Dennis um, Leary, take note, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's amazing in this instance where Spock wasn't their first choice, but they didn't really go for him immediately because they didn't think they'd be able to get him. And that he was so up for the self-deprecating stuff and like being like trying to impose trivia on people who yeah. don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just that, can we, can anyone want to switch seats? Like, that's great. Like, so funny. Deny uh, is also great, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Oh, I'll, I'll watch it, watch it right now, hang now again. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Right. And yeah, episodes that we want to watch again. We like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. So what do you think some, are some other episodes of The Simpsons that would pair nicely with this one? Uh, I'd like to watch it alongside... Um, sorry, Jamie. I'd like to watch it alongside the other Conan episodes because I, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, college. About, yeah, I don't yeah. really know... Like, I know them when you think about them, but this is the one I always think of when I think of Conan. And it would be interesting for me to watch them back to back and try to pick apart his voice because I think Conan's hilarious and I think this episode's hilarious, but I don't really know what Conan's voice, like, because it is it is so very similar to The Simpsons to me, so I don't know how much of it is just him being a hilarious guy and, and, and being funny through this other sort of medium of The Simpsons versus, like, you know, I don't think I could. I don't know what joke. Uh, I'm sure I could think of one we talked about it, but like, where could you go? That, that's a that's a joke that only Conan episode would have. I don't really. Well, anything know. to do with the sea captain, like especially, yeah, Yo, you call that an anchor. Yeah, like, right. He, he's said aloud like he loves that fucking character, and like, yeah, you mentioned Homer goes to college. The other episode I know he wrote was uh, New Kid on the Block, where Bart and Laura Powers. Yes. Um, he has the crush on the older girl. And the B story for that is Homer's All You Can Eat at the Seafood Restaurant, <laughs> right, right. which prominently features <laughs> the, the old sea, sea captain. captain. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that would be some, you know, to be able to put things like that together. So to me, that would be my playlist, just thinking about Conan. And because, yeah, I think he did he write any more? Was that the three or four? That... Uh, I think he had like some credits in Treehouse of Horror episodes, but right. he didn't do many. But yeah. yeah, he was on the staff from like uh, seasons three to five or something. Yeah, right. cool. Uh, any other playlists? Yeah, you've got to put it on a greatest episode of all time playlist. Like everyone puts that <laughs> yeah. as like one or two usually. So like you've got to get that with Last Exit to Springfield, Cape Fear. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of season four episodes that could go on that list. But this is something as well that you'd put on a, a playlist of like if you're showing someone The Simpsons for the first time. Yeah. Like yeah. they watch this one and if they don't like it, then you can be pretty safe being like oh you probably won't like this show yeah yep. i definitely think it's probably one of my favorite but i think like i think the fourth season is my favorite season because of this and other ones like i think it it helps sort of push that narrative for me so i would love to just watch the fourth season and just sort of sit back and see was, was there something in the water that season or is it just you know was it the rioters at the time was it just who was driving the show i don't know but like it's funny that just so many I know that it was still great up until season whatever, 12, but, like, I feel like, for me, season four always pops out as the one that, that has the best episodes. So, 
Yeah. That that four to six run is fucking perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, on the other side of it, is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? Jamie? Yeah, double the length. Just <laughs> <laughs> This should have been the Simpsons movie. Make it longer. Split it. Make an alternate universe where Conan still got to do Conan, but also had a long career writing for the Simpsons and give us the best of both worlds. Well, Conan's done the show. He's done with Late Night, right? Like, what's, you know, David X. Cohen's come back and written. Why can't Conan come back and write an episode? You yeah, know? Get, him to sit on the, get him to sit in for a week. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Drew? Any changes you'd like to make? Mm, not, not a one. I'd keep it exactly as it is. I think it's a perfect Simpsons episode. I, when people ask uh, what my favourite one is, I tend to go to this and Homer Goes to College a lot. I think I prefer Homer Goes to College, but like this, this one definitely is like bouncing around my top three. It's just, it's so good. Oh, what about you, Alex? No, I think you'd just be just meddling for the sake of it, you know. Um, I do think that like if every episode of The Simpsons was as wacky as this, that it probably would be a detriment at that era, right? Like it's good mm. that there are some ones that are a bit more centered. So I would just more broadly say, this was like as funny as you can be in this style and that it, I do think that that's I think it's important to say that like not you know ones that aren't a laugh every fucking beat they're not a lesser episode just because of that you know yeah. I think it's I think there's a trade-off there which is like good so in that mind I think this is yeah it'd be crazy to say oh you should do this or you should do that you know, I'd make it a light rail, not a monorail. Like, no, I, you know, I don't really think you're going to improve much. But, um, yeah, it is The Simpsons at its best. So, how, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking about, like, season four generally, it was a bold new step for the show because this is, like, around the time that Sam Simon left as well and he was, like, the producer of the show that was really pushing, like, the emotional story, like, not the wacky stuff, and he mm. left over sort of conflicts like this and, and like... But yeah, this episode and so many others around this time are just like proof of the alchemy that, yeah, just existed at this time. It's just, yeah, this fucking one perfect run and yeah, this one stands above. It says so much for it. So yeah, I'm not going to change anything. Mm. But uh, we are here. Jamie, do you have any other notes about this episode? I mean, not really. I just, we could just sit here and quote it like annoying people in <laughs> pub, but... But, you know, the, it, everything that's been said about this episode has been said, I think. Like, it's it's very, very good television. <laughs> what about you, Drew? Uh, one thing I noticed that, you know, was a bit of a reality check, and it's something I, I reckon I've used this particular image in so many, like, group chat jokes. It's one of my favorites, but the, the image of the guy from 90210 coming out of the car, and it's like... <laughs> He's playing a teenager and the joke is that he's old. And whenever I say it, I always say, he's cool, he's sexy, he's 47 years old. And then when <laughs> watching back, he's 34. And I was like, fuck, that's how old I am. <laughs> Disney Plus must have changed it. No, you were all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. How about you, Alex? No, just, you know, can Superman outrun the Flash? Like, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> kills me i just i was writing out jokes that i'd forgotten you know what i mean like even the ones yeah. that i remembered i was like yeah i remember this but that that caught those ones that there's so many jokes that you just get caught by jokes you forget and yeah i i just think it was really refreshing that everyone got a laugh everyone got a line there was a lot of characters 
I think the yeah, learning learning Lumpkin got a call back or whatever yeah. her name was, learning yeah. Lumpkin. Yeah. Like Jamie said, we'd just be quoting stuff and that would be great, but like just go watch it <laughs> and listen to this, you know, it's just so it's such a great app. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that's pretty much all of my notes now is just uh, quotes and stuff, but you know, just bringing it to the point of that these aren't just throwaway gags, you know, Marge talking about Main Street and the sort of cutaway jokes there with Homer and the uh, snow tires yeah. and the fucking the piano on his roof. That's wacky, but that's so funny. Like, that, you know, like that's perfect. Yeah. What, what could Homer be carrying on his roof that would be ridiculous <laughs> but hilarious? He's got a grand piano. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Yeah. And that's then the great. popcorn truck in the pothole, yeah. but... Like, and them coming out of the first act into the second act, you know, Bart and Homer are still going, monorail, monorail. And they're clearly driving down Main Street because <laughs> the whole car is shaking and bumping. Like, they made it, like, stick. It's yeah. so satisfying. And yeah. you should have written a catchy song like that guy. Like, it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just... Yes. It's so um, And uh, Mum would be upset if I didn't mention this, but yeah, her favourite joke in all of The Simpsons is the ring came off my pudding can. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Use my pen knife, my good man. Yeah, that's such a catchy song. Oh, yeah, we barely even talked about the song. What a good song. It is. It is. One of the best Simpsons songs. You know, like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. perfect stuff. No, I spun this a lot when my um, uh, songs in the key of Springfield CD Mm. back in the 90s. Mm And I really like that uh, in North Haverbrook, the celebrity appearance was from Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many things that like, you know, because back in The Simpsons, they would make fun of things like Gallagher. And I, I only I only learned about certain references through the lens of Simpsons saying they were lame, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Gallagher's yeah. one. Like, I don't think I knew. I would have watched that and be like, what's Gall- who's Gallagher? And then finding out later, I'm like, oh, Simpsons thinks Gallagher's lame. So therefore it's, Gallagher yeah. is lame, you know, and yeah. And as Gallagher just gets lamer and lamer yeah, as yeah, time goes on, this uh, joke ages beautifully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not one of those. It's for whatever reason. It's just in that in the universe. It's in the sort of psyche that Gallagher is just like a lame thing. It's just still funny. All right. Well, it is time to rank this thing. Oh wait, no, it isn't. We have one more important bit of business to uh, go over before that. Jamie has already been asked this question, so I turn it to the other two. Mm-hmm. Drew, Alex. We are building a sandwich board on the Simpsons Index. So we ask you, if you could have a sandwich that is named after you, what would be on that sandwich? Oh, uh, Drew, go for it. This is the hardest question I've asked them all night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tricky. I, I, I'd probably just try and pass myself off as a sandwich that already exists, like a Reuben or something. You call it a Drooban. <laughs> 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 what, got, what, no. what makes the Druben special? What's your twist on it? Because actually we've got a few people that have said Rubens for their sandwich. Um, What's the Drew twist? It's It, it can't riff. It, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask it any quick. You put it on the spot, it's going to freeze up. <laughs> um, nah, it's just, bi- it's just big, like me, like the man himself. It's <laughs> Everything's bigger on my room. Yeah, yeah, I tell you what, five foot two sandwich is a big sandwich. <laughs> I'll take it. How about you, Alex? Man, oh, I thought I'd stall for time by throwing a Drew, but I still have nothing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I love a chicken schnitty sanger. I, I do love a chicken schnitty sandwich, bit of tomato, a bit of Dijon mayo. What else can we throw on there? I don't know. 
I can't make a pun. I can't have a Druban. Uh, <laughs> uh, I my nickname growing up was Whitebait actually, and one of my other favourite shows, Curb Enthusiasm. Larry gets named after a uh, a sandwich, uh, and it has whitefish, which is like Whitebait on there. And I remember being like, and then it, it, he's upset because it's such a gross sandwich. So maybe that's what I got. It had capers as well. So yeah. I don't know. That, that would be my bad answer. I'm going to go with a chicken snitty tomato, like a Soul Origin toasted shitty sandwich at a food court. That's how lame I am. So that's where I'm going. Hell yeah. Uh, Jamie, I'm curious. Do you remember what you said? But I said like a chicken salad, maybe. Yep, American style chicken salad. There we go. I had it I had it for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah, for the reference of the yeah, mutuals, uh, Hastings had this complicated arrangement of avocado <laughs> cheese, hash browns, barbecue Fuck. sauce, and you had a specific order it went in. <sighs> Nothing sounds more Hastings than complicated arrangement. <laughs> 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 Nothing says Rosie Piper more than her choice, which was KFC chicken and gravy. Yeah, yeah. not surprised. <laughs> Buy Uber Eats or some Deliveroo bullshit, I imagine. She wasn't going out of the house for that. <laughs> All right, it's time to rank this thing. Uh, Alex, you can go first this time. Cubic Zucania. You gotta be. It's gotta be. If there isn't, if there's three episodes, I, you know, th- there's no more than three episodes that I would put on this tier so it's got to be it's got to be the top rank it's so many quotables it's so i mean i've seen it a trillion times and watched it just before and cracked up and laughed reminiscing about it. like i mean how could what could be ranked above it so it's definitely cubic zirconia drew oh mate this one's easy it's the cz the cubic zirconia <laughs> oh was that a rip it was a rap <laughs> <laughs> Notes. Bring back Drew. And... <laughs> no, no. I, I'm changing my sandwich to a wrap now because I'm wrapping, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh no. We're getting, Drew is getting tired. <laughs> I'm going to come to your house and tuck you in. Um, yes. <laughs> easily cubic zirconia. It spends time at the top of my list, you know, every six months as I think about this question a lot. What's my favorite episode? This one mm. has taken the cake a few times. Mm. And Jamie. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a cubic zirconia. It's one of the best episodes of The Simpsons. It's one of the best episodes of half-hour comedy. It's probably, like, it's up there with, like, a couple of Seinfeld episodes and a couple of Arrested Development episodes, maybe a couple of Curbs. Like, it is so funny. It is one of the funniest things. It's funnier than most comedy movies. Like, that's Mm. how good it is. In half an hour versus two hours, like, you know, spread out. Absolutely. And knowing now what we do about, like, Conan, it's also kind of like a perfect distillation of that man's style into this perfect 20 minutes. Like, it's so many things. Like, it's comedy canon, it's Simpsons canon, it's Conan canon. Like, it's, it's a great episode of television. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And, yeah, obviously I'm going cubic as well. Um... I thought just, yeah, Desert Island Simpsons episodes. I think this just has to be yeah. on there. Like, Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, this will be the fifth episode from season four to get a unanimous cubic zirconia, wow. which we also call the Simpsons Index Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And the other season four episodes, which got a unanimous cubic fucking perfect sweep. Uh, Home of the Heretic, where Homer stops going to church. Great. Lisa the Beauty Queen, uh, New Kid on the Block, the one we mentioned earlier with Laura Powers, uh, Mr. Plough, I don't know if you know that one, but mm-hmm. and yeah, of course, March 1st, the Monorail. There's a fucking afternoon right there. Yeah, wow. that's, that's a playlist. 
<laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this evening. This was an absolute treat. No, Thanks for that having us. What a treat, yeah. No, that was yep. great. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. Uh, and this is the plugs portion of the show. Do you guys have plugs? Oh, go over Who wants James. to say it? <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. Uh, yeah, we got a podcast called Community Notice Board where we interview guests every week about suburbs they grew up in. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've just had, we're just about to have Ben Lee on the podcast talking about Bondi. Awesome. Had some g- great people yeah. recently. And it's just a lot of fun talking about old stories. Drew mm-hmm. manages to somehow live the most embarrassing life I've ever seen. <laughs> I almost told I almost told a girlfriend story about a, about the monorail. Maybe I'll bring that up on our pod. <laughs> oh, I got another one. Oh, Bit of sizzle there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on the short list of episodes that I gave is actually uh, was uh, Spark Raving Dad, which was the Michael Jackson episode. I thought that'd be a good alternate choice if we uh, didn't go with this one. Yeah. For, for Drew. Just to hear that Michael Jackson. That's one of my favourite episodes, unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Just for anyone who's listened, Drew, when he was eight, used to dress up as Michael Jackson or some. Um, went to a double date. Once, once yeah, no, he used to constantly dress up as Michael Just Jackson. I used to learn the dances from watching the film clips i'll tell you that <laughs> did you do the lean move oh did you try to moonwalk oh all the time <laughs> did you show your mom your moonwalk and go oh, yeah. could you and still do it if we asked you to <laughs> uh, get a couple of schooners into me i reckon i'll bust it out uh, like this is why we need the pubs to open back up again. The pubs back <laughs> that's it oh that's funny Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, uh, thanks again. And yeah, like I said, you couldn't say more good things about your show. I think you guys have just found a, just a winning formula. And yeah, you've had some amazing guests and um, really getting into sort of, you know, niche Australian sort of stuff. I think it's a great portal for overseas listeners to sort of get the vibe of our um, just sort of not culture, but like just interactions and stuff. Yeah. Thanks, um, man. Wonderful Thanks, show. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun to do. So yeah, go listen, go check us out and yeah, appreciate it all. Yeah. Yeah. And as for me, we've got our scripted podcast out, Pulp Fury Radio, where it's an anthology series where we got some amazing actors to do pulpy stories with us. Go check that out at pulpfuryradio.com. And we've got the Patreon, patreon.com slash Studios, where you can get bonus episodes every week. Other than that, yeah, I think that about does it. So, yeah, once again, thank you, guys. Thank you, Jamie. No worries. Thank you, Drew. Thanks, man. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, buddy. And I've been Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.